We're only two weeks into 2014 and it's a safe bet Sherlock Series 3 will remain one of the most talked about TV shows of the year. In the run-up to the show's return, which was back in late 2013, we spoke to showrunners, creators and writers Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss for the magazine on the set of 221B Baker Street. Also taking the time to talk to set design guru Arwell Wynne-Jones about the props you can see in the famous sitting room. You can hear Arwell's own words clicking on special parts of an expanded 360 panoramic view of the set on empireonline.com itself. The URL you need to type in is empireonline.com forward slash features forward slash Sherlock Apartment. Sherlock Apartment is just one word there. But once all three episodes were aired, we felt it was time to speak to Gatiss and Moffat once more about how they felt, about the reaction to the new series, what bits were hardest to write, and the reappearance of You Know Who. So, for an hour of insightful chat with two of the hardest working folk in British television, pin back your ear holes and listen to an hour's worth of interview goodness. But as there are spoilers throughout, be sure that you have actually watched all three episodes themselves in advance to listen to the rest of this podcast. So... If you're still with us, that's great news. Just so you know, the interviewers were myself, Ali Plum, and Nick DeSemelin. Stephen can be uh, differentiated from Mark because he has a Scottish accent, whereas Mark does not, so that should clear things up. I sound like myself, and Nick sounds like the other guy asking the questions. The game is... well, you know the rest, but here's the podcast. Hope you enjoy it, and I'll be back at the end once it's all over. Now, when I was at the Q&A for the first episode, a few fans were asking questions about Moriarty. And your response was, they did not fake suicide at each other. Imagine how stupid you'd feel if they bumped into each other afterwards. And there was lots of laughter. How do you feel having said that? Like, how do you feel having totally pulled the rug out from under people? Is it a joyous feeling, the reaction? Yes, I, I enjoyed the fact. I thought it was quite a good reply. It made me laugh a lot, the idea of him saying, oh, no, oh, no, both of us. Oh, let's I do it again. I you did that. No, yeah, I did I'm it. Oh, no. yeah. Having said that, we haven't explained to you the nature of the rug or the pool, so <laughs> there you go. It's all, Look, about, I, it's, it's, it's all a, about the rug. It is. It's actually about the rug. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I never quite know what uh, people expect of uh, of Mark and myself when they ask us about the future of Sherlock. Do they expect us? Look, if I were <laughs> organising you a surprise party, and mm-hmm. which would be in itself a surprise, I suppose, uh, and you asked me, are you organising me a surprise party? I'd say no, because that's kind of what you do. Yeah. When you're doing things like we, <coughs> so we either we say nothing at all, we literally lock ourselves away, or we we're not going to tell you what happens next. Of course, why would we do that? You wouldn't even like it if we did. You know, I've, I've said this before. The famous Oscar Wilde quote: "The suspense is killing me. I hope it will last." Mm. And I think that's the truth of this. It's uh, it, it, you know, hopefully we won't have to wait too long to to find out. But we're mm. we're not going to tell you straight away, and also. Where would be the fun in that, really? Yeah. You must be enjoying turning people into paranoid wrecks to yes. an extent. The, the mad theories that I've heard, you know, it may not be mad, but there's there's a theory that Sherlock has created this video of Moriarty himself. I don't expect you guys to confirm or deny anything. But... I didn't even know about the theory. <laughs> you know, what's exciting about these theories um, isn't the fact that we read them because we don't. there are just too many. We'd, we'd do no writing if we did all that. What I like about it is that when people engage creatively with a show like that, what they're starting to do is make up their own stories. Which is roughly what, how we ended up Absolutely. making Sherlock. Yeah. So I love that creative engagement. I think it's brilliant. I think it's the beginning of people becoming writers. I think people become writers this way. They say, that's not what I would have done. 
or uh, or they come up with a different version of how this uh, story could be, and they, and one day they end up writing their own story. It's and a, that's it's exciting. Huge. It's like writing Doctor Who in your exercise book yeah. at school. Yeah. What you do is you actually, you know, we all used to come up mm. with your own story. Sometimes go back to them. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's actually driven. It's not driven by sort of fury. I don't think it's it's driven by a desire to 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 be like that and to create your own contribute to the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, and actually, having had two years of uh, spectacular uh, um, dabbling with people's minds and, and all these mm. wonderful theories, having now gone past that, you know, we need some more. Really. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are people going to do all day? The most amazing thing I was just saying actually was that quite reasonable sounding people who've, who've genuinely asked which of the three theories was the truth it's like what <laughs> to which i always reply the middle one yeah it was an unconvincing dummy with a photograph on the of sherlock on the front and uh, and moriarty and sherlock eloped Good. that's 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 exactly that's what the one. there are reviewers people who are paid money to write words and people who read those words, who actually think that's a possibility. One of them, I won't I mean, name names, one God. of the most extraordinary ones, <clears throat> which said that we'd clearly been harvesting um, theories from from uh, online, which we genuinely have not. Yeah. So obviously, you're just aware of them. And part of the, the reasoning behind making the fake explanation of the beginning as outrageous as possible was precisely that. What 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 could be the most ridiculous thing, which would yeah. be, you know, Mission Impossible style, Darren Brown, etc., etc. Yeah. But one of one very respected reviewer actually said they've even put in the popular online theory about the squash ball. It's like, no, that's how he did it, <laughs> and it was in the end of the Reichenbach fall. I find, I just oh, I was gobsmacked. Amazing. There was another. What was the other reviewer? Was it A. Gill who announced the only reason that they brought him back because it was such a success? And was saying, no, he wasn't even dead at the end of the previous episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he was behind the tree, pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, and as you keep saying, what, it's the 120-year-old spoiler. Yes. Sherlock Holmes always comes back from <laughs> but the But we, we do live in a strange world, really, where you've got people who have watched each episode. Some people have watched it you know, 300 times, mm. and other people who only watched it two years ago, and now are basing certain things on what they vaguely remember happened, as yeah. opposed to... You know, mm. it's, it's Before we get back to Moriarty, the Darren Brown thing, mm. which of you came up with that? Um, I have a... I have a horrible feeling. Do you know what I think? Might, okay, I think it was you. But I think you might at that point have read the first few pages of Day of the Doctor. And I think the fact that I yes, referenced Darren Brown in that, I think unconsciously might have But also, Darren's a friend of mine, but yeah. it, was, we, we, it, was, it was really going to be like a kind of, well, you know, what if someone had hypnotised him? Um, Oh, we might as well just ask him. <laughs> that was it. It was like, rather than having some sort of some person in a black cloak and a top hat <laughs> and yeah. a stage moustache. Um, but uh, he was, you know, thrilled to do it. And uh, and actually, the way that we actually ended up shooting that, we we had all kinds of worries that because we had to go back to Bart's to stage it, that that certain things would get out. But in the end, we were shooting so many false things and red herrings that it just didn't really leak at all, did it? No one could really tell the difference between Benedict jumping off because it was a stunt and Benedict jumping off because it was an explanation. Yeah. It is one of those things, though, I mean, as, as Mark was saying uh, a few weeks ago, as the, as the episode approached, there's only, there's only really one thing he can do. And you know, it, there's only one way not not to die, and that's to, to hit something b before he hits the pavement. Oh. That's it. There isn't anything else. Yeah. He's got to land essentially on a big cushion. But we we've left open the possibility, semi mystically, mm. 
that it might not be all it seems, yeah. which I think is the best way of keeping it going for the next hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other thing as well, we, there's a, we discovered a, a lovely review of The Empty House, the Doyle's original, in which, of course, Doyle says that he escaped due to his knowledge of an obscure form of misspelled Japanese wrestling. Baritsu? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's Baritsu, but it's, but it's actually, he calls it Baritsu, and it's wrong. Yeah. And the reviewer basically says, oh, come on, Dr. Doyle. And it's, can, it's rather yeah. thrilling, actually, that it's the same, sort of <laughs> yeah, it's the same review. Oh, and you were saying uh, he got a similar reaction. You, you're kind of getting a cyber form of the, the reaction he got to killing off homes in the first place. Oh, he did, every detail, yeah. they get the same reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's quite extraordinary. Um... And and in both cases, in both the empty house and the empty house, you are dependent on Sherlock Holmes's own account mm. of, of how he survived. Now, keep in mind that he's been lying for two years. Who's to say yeah. any version of Sherlock Holmes has told the truth about how he did it? With Moriarty, the the other the other M, uh, well, one of the many M's. He's back. When did you decide to bring him back? At what point was this a kernel of of, of an idea in your mind? Well, it's. It's more complex. It is more complicated. <laughs> we've had certain aspects of what we're going to do mapped up for quite a while, mm. for quite a long while. Mm. Um, but really, we can't, you can't really say no, much more. This is about that. the rug again. Sure. And that's not yeah. a clue. No. It's just a metaphor. But it is not a last minute whim. That, I mean, yeah. that's not what I'm saying, yeah, but yeah. I think some people might, and I wanted to right. remind them that no, that not isn't the case. Oh, no, no, yeah. no. I mean, because you'd, you'd have painted yourself into the most ludicrous corner. Yeah. No, no, there's, a, there's been, and it's been, was discussed ages ago. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and Andrew knew about it. And we have, yeah. we, you know, we've genuinely been plotting out what we're doing next for quite a while now, so it's, it's, um, it's all considered. How yeah. many people were in on it? Do you have like twenty-five homeless people? <laughs> like, yes, that are aware of it? at this moment, quite a lot. I mean, the, the Moriarty plan <coughs> is known uh, yeah. by a few others, but there a lot, a lot else of the next two series that we spontaneously came Nobody up with knows about that. Is, is is just mere marketing. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Do you have conversations <laughs> with each other where you say, right, people are going to ask us these questions over and over? How are we going to respond to them? Because we can't reveal too much. The awful, the awful thing is, genuinely, you just have, you have to take the fifth, don't you? That's yeah. that's it. Mm. As Stephen says, there's, you, there's no point in, in trying to coax it because it, it would spoil it. Yeah. So in the end, you end up... I remember doing Graham Norton's show a couple of years ago and um, every single question that was emailed to me, I basically went, no comment. And eventually went, oh, for Christ's sake, say something. <laughs> but, the, but you end up in that situation, don't you? And you think, well, of course you do, you... That's why the, uh, I mean, because I've been doing this over two shows now, is uh, just to have an answer. Yeah. And, and just because no comment is itself an mm. answer, uh, sometimes you just think, well, to hell with it. It's fiction. I'll make up some more right now. And I just mm. tell a straightforward porky. Then in fairness to me, yeah. I've always said that's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Sometimes I said that. I didn't stand here going and say, I am lying to you. Yeah. I'm lying to you right now. Why are you trusting well, what you I know, say um, when I'm lying? And they still <laughs> quote me. One of my favourite things is that amazing uh, Austin Wells film, F for Fake. Do you know that? <laughs> Which is all about, do you know this? It's fantastic. Mm. It's all about the history of contracts yeah. and magic. And, and, and at the beginning, he says, um, you know, but I absolutely swear to you that for the next 90 minutes, everything I tell you will be absolute and literal truth. And then right towards the end of the film, it spirals into this extraordinary story about this con man you can't believe. And then he just sort of checks his watch and says, you know, my time is up for the last 10 minutes. I've been lying my head off. <laughs> and it's brilliant. It's really, that's, that's yeah. what we sort of do in miniature. Well, let's go to something that we definitely can talk about. The three episodes have gone out there. They've been released mm. into the world. 
God Nick, Nick and I were oh. talking about how in the previous series, um, I think it was you said that uh, Mark that the most difficult episode was the Hand of the Baskervilles. What was the Hand of the Baskervilles for this season? I don't know if we had. I mean, the thing about about Baskerville inherently is if it if it isn't just a, a dog, or or if you try and keep Sherlock in it, then you've got a problem. That yeah. was the, the reason that Doyle doesn't put him on the moor is that he would solve it instantly. Mm. So you, you in, in making an early decision to not do that, you have the inherent problem, what the hell is it then? That's mm. why it became kind of intractable. It's a very difficult story. With this, I suppose, it's probably episode two, because uh, mm. we wrote it with, with Steve Thompson. It was actually a, it was a very tough one to get right because it was a very big emotional story mm. uh, centering around the best man speech also with you know with attendant crimes it's an early idea really wasn't it that no. that when you tell funny stories they're actually for Sherlock they're actually cases which yes. would be very neat it, it wasn't, wasn't a insane. nightmare it no, was it just was... it was more about uh, and I would say that is the most audacious episode we've done uh, and <laughs> is is to actually have to have the courage and the faith in the audience which we have been rewarded uh, for our faith in the audience say no that's fine we'll do ages at a wedding before and it'll be just before act three kicks in you'll think oh hang on they've duped us it's not just a wedding it really is a case um and but i think that's the, i mean I, I love doing that i think that's a brilliant thing to do um and and the audience loved it so we're we're good with that but it was it wasn't so wasn't much it, difficult no, i mean there's like uh, there was yeah. Essentially, I mean, it, uh, Hounds was just... I mean, actually, uh, I think sometimes, uh, Mark, you forget that actually on your second draft, it was really, really good. <laughs> you just kept protesting that it didn't make any sense. <laughs> and I kept saying, it, it never has. <laughs> it never has. <laughs> the, the original book is the story of a man who kills another man by releasing a dog on Dartmoor. <laughs> That's her starting point. <laughs> um, but it was, just, it was just trying to make sense of it, wasn't it? And, and I suppose also, which is an unusual thing, really... Is it's so famous that one that mm. you're definitely wrestling yeah. with more familiarity than people have with any other story. I mean, you know, the empty hearse is very, very little to do with the empty house. His mm. last vow is actually mostly it's the beginning of the man with the twisted lip. Mostly Charles Augustus Milverton, and then a little bit. So it's oh, yeah. the, 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 we we glance on certain things, touch on certain things, and then but but Hound was is the one that everyone knows the best. So mm. it, it was it was yeah. With Hound, you, you actually had to do certain things. Yeah. You had to go to Dartmoor, and it actually had to be Dartmoor that you went to, mm. uh, and there had to be a scary dog, and there had to be a showdown, and there had to be fog. It had to be all those things. Whereas people don't really know the story of his last battle or Charles Augustus Milverton, no. so you, you, it's not that you want to play fast and loose, but you are not obligated to anything. Yeah. And some of the stuff you're obligated to in Baskerville is mad. <laughs> it's mad. It's a lovely book, but the own. But you know, if Sherlock Holmes had gone with Doctor Watson to Dartmoor, he'd have taken away. Not, not only would he have solved it, he'd have killed the atmosphere by simply saying. Now, obviously, he's not a real ghost dog, is he? He's a man <laughs> with a big dog, and that's that, when there, you, there's, there's the story gone. Yeah. You get that in the, the, the couple of stories that Holmes narrates himself in the yeah. original, which do not have the same thing, because he actually has to hide stuff from you as a narrator, which you never have to have with Watson, yeah. and it's just not the same. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Magnuson. I really enjoyed what you did with, mm. with Milverton, uh, just turning him into a supremely irritating character who <laughs> has so much power he can do whatever he wants to people. Can you talk about coming up with that character? Was that, was that always the way you were going to go with it? Um, well, it was part of a bigger discussion, wasn't it, about, if, uh, about the shape of the series 
that we were doing quite a lot of fun and humour and lightness and quite a lot of character work on Sherlock making and Mary, him Mary. and Mary. Yeah. And then, so that you know, we were we, we were to get back to the rug, positioning a rug under the audience <laughs> in order to to pull it out. I mean, his last vow doesn't work as well unless you've seen those two episodes. Mm. That's that's what it's all about. It's a, it's about a, it's about that sucker punch. In terms of the the villain, we couldn't do another Moriarty uh, because that, we'd done it. And um, he was coming back. And he was coming back. <laughs> if he is coming back. <laughs> um, and. It was just the, the 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 kind of interesting thing was the darkness of the fact that in the original story, Charles Augustus Milverton is he really hates him, which is unusual. He he goes he has a little speech about how he looks like a snake, how he makes him ill. Uh, now Sherlock Holmes, I don't think ever about talks now. about anybody like that. So that was as interesting. Sherlock Holmes is getting emotional again, and you're always in trouble when Sherlock Holmes mm. gets emotional. He likes to pretend he never does. The truth is, Sherlock yeah, Holmes gets yeah. emotional all the time, yeah. and it's always bad news for him or somebody else. But there, there was also we had a big discussion to me about what kind of a villain he would be, mm. and that the brilliant thing about Milverton as a character. And the reason that story is so good is it's incredibly timeless. In fact, it's timely, really. Mm -hmm. uh, that sort of person is out there now with his yeah. emails and letters. I mean, you know, it's no accident that there's so much of it is about him owning newspapers, and it's essentially mm -hmm. the same thing. So have, coming up with him as a very different sort of style to Andrew's body. And as he, say, he says, I'm not a villain. He actually says it. Mm. Yeah, uh, because, it, it, you know, villains don't think of themselves as villains. He's just a businessman. It's all about power and money and, and manipulating mm. people and, uh, and being able to stick your finger in someone's pasta and yeah. then wash your fingers in their glass of water. <laughs> yeah. So that it was... A, and, and then getting Lars doing it so, so with such an effortless, cool... And on that wonderful sort of blank-eyed thing, it's um, it was all came together really nicely. It was that thing we were discussing. Remember you saying, "Is it a problem that he doesn't actually have a plan?" And 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 we sort of talked yeah, about it. Yeah. But he can't really have a plan because he's not a villain. Yeah, he's not that kind yeah. of person. He wouldn't have a plan. He's perfectly happy. Mm. I mean, he just wants to carry on acquiring things. Yeah. Mm. Him sneaking the letters out of his jacket—that was a bit of a plan. He's baiting him to an extent, but it wasn't really, I guess. Uh, I think he just plays. Yeah. I think he. I mean, he doesn't. I mean, he was cute. He wanted to see what would happen if he went to Sherlock Holmes's house. Then, He's a man of comp who thinks he owns everything that he touches and sees and meets. He was curious about Sherlock Holmes. There was a line about that. There was. I've never I had a detective we, before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like he's collecting them. Yeah, collecting people. Mm. Um, sorry. Did you have a other? Um, ways in which you could breach people's personal space that, <laughs> that didn't make it into the episode. <laughs> yeah, there was actually, an amazing I did have bit one. where he took a dump. On. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. Uh, that's in Mrs. Is that a genuine thing? No, it's not. <laughs> I, I, I took a dump in Mrs. Hudson's no. fridge. Uh, no, uh, actually, I did have one, and I, I sometimes wonder about it. Was uh, w w uh, one time, uh, but as then I realised it was Christmas Day, and it made so little sense uh, that, uh, that when, he, when he goes when Sherlock and John go to him, he's he, he's deciding to go for a swim so he just takes his clothes off and gets oh, into yeah, his speedos, yeah, yeah. and it, so he's so bored of them, so uninterested. So unaware that they're there, that he just behaves like that. Be like it would be like um, like a Roman emperor. They, they, they just didn't even acknowledge the servants were there. It was, yeah. They just put their hand out for something. That yeah. sort of just completely a sense of entitlement, yeah. Uh, yeah. which is uh, and and he's justified. He's right. It's it's what brings him down. Of course, it simply doesn't occur to him that Sherlock Holmes might just shoot him. Yeah. He, he hasn't factored that in. He doesn't think people can do that. Was the flicking scene a difficult one to shoot in terms of people laughing? 
Oh no, it was well. No, I, it was quite a tough day that wasn't it? We had because we had the helicopters and everything, mm-hmm. and, and we ran out of time for interiors and stuff. But it was more about actually Lars and Martin working out where he could flick him without him becoming genuinely <laughs> both painful and very annoying. You yeah. see, I find that I, I, mean, I find that scene quite horrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's unpleasant to watch, actually. Yeah. This is a strange thing to say. When I was a kid, there was a, there was a character in Grange Hill called Imelda. Do you remember her? Pretty well. She was a bully. And I used to get irrationally enraged by her, by her bullying in Grange. Really, I used to sort of scream at the, I used to shake my fist at the screen. And it, to me, it's got that sort of quality mm. to it. Mm. It's just, it's hateful to see it. Yeah. And you know that he can just carry on. And mm. when he says, which I think it's a wonderful line, he says, this is what I do to countries. Mm. It's completely true. Mm. Just like sticking a, a stick into a into a bee's nest. Just That's exactly what Micro says. He's not doing very much harm. Mm. You know, he's just he's just he's doing that because it amuses him. Yeah. Mm. And uh, and somehow this just uh, it, it just gets on Sherlock's tits so badly he kills him. <laughs> you know, which I think is uh, is just in another interesting facet of that strange dark man in Baker Street. I think for this you talked about the second episode being the most bold and I think the way the what you persuaded me you're right it is the most bold in terms of character development over mm. you know case yeah. but the third one I counted I, I ran out I ran out of fingers but over 10 moments when I couldn't believe how many rugs you were putting out <laughs> and the biggest rug for me was Agra that is such a huge idea that you prepped from the very beginning were you nervous about that that working because it's such a it's such a big idea you mean about Mary's real identity yeah just a change her entirely well we had two levels of nervousness i suppose but though but but we're confident people so we weren't that <laughs> nervous but it's one is you introduce mary who everybody had been saying you mustn't do yeah you introduce the the girlfriend yeah. uh well famously it can be a problem it can be a problem yeah i mean uh very often most sherlock holmes adaptations either ignore her or make her adversarial with sherlock holmes which doyle never does um uh, so, go, first of all, implanting her there and saying, "No, no, you'll be happier with if she's there. You'll actually be quite, you'll be quite cheerful because uh, she'll be fun and she will never she she'll like Sherlock Holmes." Mm. One, I was interesting thing. Do you remember in episode one, we wanted a scene so badly between Sherlock oh, yeah, yeah. and Mary, uh, and you couldn't get it off the ground at all. Yeah. So I had a pass at it, and I couldn't get it off the ground. It just didn't. You couldn't write it. Yeah. It was boring. And it, that whole scene ended up with the addition of one line. I like, I, I like, like it. Mm. And that was it. With, uh, so, uh, yeah, the, I know. It's, yeah. a, it's a great revelation. Yeah. It'd be nice to start there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, absolutely. And it was, it was that thing you often say about that, you know, the girlfriend uh, in that sort of situation when you've got a, a, a healthy bromance, the last thing you want to do is for it to be a drag. Yeah. Uh, and you know what, Mrs. In the in the original stories, Mrs. Watson eventually ends up sort of giving him permission to go out and play, mm. which is not much fun. So we we wanted that, and then it became well, you know, let's just do something much more interesting. What if what if she's not at all? Yeah, she yeah, she's, yeah. And because and, we had Amanda in mind from the beginning, we knew how completely she would sell this wonderful, lively, funny, sparky personality. But it would be brilliant to, to sort of. Pull it's that a great from. way, great way to conceal a twist. Is it's, it is so there in plain sight in the first two episodes, <clears throat> but you are so relieved that she is up for the adventure. That's impossible. Nobody could meet uh, Sherlock and John and just join in like that. She can recognise a skip code. She likes Sherlock Holmes. It's all there. It's all there right in front of you. She completely understands in that line in The Empty Hearse when she said, well, he'd need a confidant. Yeah, you know, yeah. She's completely there with all of it. Nobody 
would react like that. Except you're pleased, you think, oh, oh good, she's not going to she be gets, a drag. Yeah. Nobody wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> she's meeting two complete maniacs and she's fine with it. She's obviously a maniac. What's interesting as well is that, that, you know, you plant these clues, but of course people do find them. It's yeah. not like they're deeply hidden. People f- just did a freeze frame and found them amongst ex-Lib yeah. Dem, disillusioned Lib Dem and, and Begg's own bread. They found the word liar and thought, well, but what's really lovely is that they just thought, but what could it mean? Not it's a definitive answer. And it, then it just sort of ends up teasing rather nicely into the actual revelation. But there's just so much stuff. And I, I think I was talking to my sister and she was saying I couldn't believe that I hadn't worked it out. <laughs> because, it, uh, you know, it, it's there's there's liar, there's the, the skip code line. It's yeah. such a... Because for a moment, Sherlock... Sherlock looks at it and goes, what? Yeah, but it... And, and then you ignore it. And, yeah. and, then, and then there's a, a really plonked in bit in the sign of three. I have, I have no friends, I'm an orphan. Yeah. There it is, boom. And Sherlock doesn't react at and all. And the telegram from Cam. Yes. And all. It's, it's, there's a lot it's of stuff all. there. But it's nice, isn't it? It's yeah. actually that, you know, no, no one has actually said, I, I guessed it. Mm. <laughs> I called it. But we, uh, the audience are uh, miss it for the same reason that Sherlock Holmes misses it. They like her. Yeah. And because they like her, emotion does get in the way. It is grit in the instrument. You don't want to believe that's that. That's actually, true. I think about that's something we talked about from very early on, was that because they would get on so well, it would actually sort of blindside Sherlock. Yeah. And in his affection for her, certain things which might have just leapt out at him, he simply screens out. He doesn't mm. see them. Do we, have, we did have a question tweeted in. How did Mary get into Magnuson's office? Um, we actually did do that. We had our, uh, all sorts of acrobatics, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, and he, he, he actually at one point goes up and finds the, the, the window open and all that. Uh, but it was just boring. <laughs> so we didn't have... Well, she, broke, she got she, in ingeniously. She broke yeah. in. She's, 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 a, she's, she's a, a highly trained intelligence yeah. agent. Uh, who's doing a much better job of breaking in than John and Sherlock are. <laughs> yeah. And if you actually think this through, uh, which of course uh, I have, is suppose Sherlock hasn't <laughs> blundered his way in that night. She'd just have shot Magnus and mm. gone back to being Mrs. Watson and... Not only that, they'd have carried on solving crimes together with this lethal killer nurse wandering along behind them, picking off anyone who might put them in danger. That would have been the show. The thing that, that is intriguing now, though, is that after their reunion, which I you know, I think that Martin and Amanda's reunion scene is, is extraordinary. It's so beautiful and moving. But, of course, she is still what she is. But that, that's, that we've, we've got such a strangely dysfunctional group of yeah. people. They all just kind of, you know, Sherlock yeah. uh, says, um, I know you shot me, but yes. you also saved my life, so thank you. <laughs> it's so strange. But it's actually that they've come together as a new kind of unit, really. Yeah. Not that unit. <laughs> Doctor Who. There's, no, there's no crossover. No, that, that would be, yeah, mind-blowing. <laughs> uh, I've got to ask you about other crossovers, and uh, the crossover I'm alluding to is 007. There were so many well enjoyable. Do- How did I find that one? Double O Seven references, obviously in the first episode and in the final episode. You're a big Bond fan, I know, Mark. We both are. How enjoyable was it to put those in? Because some of them are reasonably subtle. Do you mean like the blunt instrument? In episode one, do you mean the Skyfall shot? Skyfall mm. shot. That, that was honestly just. I mean, that was J- Jeremy, the director's decision. We we wanted a shot over London. It's not exactly the same place. It is a little. It is a little close. You yeah. should have panned across and Daniel Craig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just goes Good morning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I obviously went overboard, but I thought Mrs. Hudson saying "Live and Let Live" was enough to get me going. Right. Well, that's you're going overboard. I'm going. <laughs> I thought there was a bit of die another day with the bedraggled 
Benedict at the beginning of um, Tortured and yeah, I'm sure we're, we're yeah, yeah. reading <laughs> There's a history yeah. of Bedraggled the bl- uh, bl- Blunt Instrument Blunt Instrument is, is yeah, that's yeah. deliberate that's yeah. Your colleague is that? Mycroft's colleague references Mycroft's colleague uh, is there for M yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, The yeah. other M yeah. Yeah. So many around <laughs> um, Yes and uh, the other question I wanted to ask you about was tubes I wanted to ask whether Gil Sands is a font that's associated with Obviously, the tube and Sherlock. Was that an intentional thing? No, um, I mean, I've always wanted to do. I love the tube, but mm. the reason that Bruce Partington plans is one of my favourite stories, which is in series one. Uh, from the get go, I, I said, This mm. is going to be on the tube. I want to, I love lost tube stations. I've so just obsessed with them. And it's all from the web fear, I'm sure, just yeah. now. <laughs> all come, it's all come true. All my dreams have come true. But. Uh, the the font is not a no that wasn't that was a design decision okay. it wasn't so much about that no. it's interesting because it was when you were in uh, investigating the tube you discovered about Leinster Gardens yes which we tried very hard to, to get, get it into episode one. episode one and then had a, a a short flailing period where we tried to get it into episode two <laughs> before we finally managed to get it into episode three because I think it's the single most exciting thing in it's the, the world it's the coolest thing in the world and I love the idea that people are now going to go there. And, uh, a friend of mine rang me the other night and said, "I lived on that road. Yeah. I never knew." Yeah. All those years, it's just. But it, I wish it, it fitted perfectly. Even though one is about the tube into three, because it's about it's about being a facade. Yeah. Hiding in plain sight, it, it couldn't be. Mm. By that by that stage, yeah. though, we were so frantic to get. There must be a way. <laughs> there must be anything. Let's, let's turn the entire plot run. You have to have Leinster Gardens. And Did you guys get to go down into some of these uh, disused? nooks and crannies of the London Underground I wasn't there but yeah uh, yeah. yeah. I mean we, well, we shot yeah. most of it at Aldwych which is the one you can use um, but uh, yeah it was thrilling I mean the weirdest feeling of transgression actually jumping down at the rails yeah. you just go but for me the best bit was just exploring and I've got some pictures somewhere but you know there's all these little bits and there was just this wonderful bank of posters from 1972 mm. from Madame Tussauds and mm. uh, yeah. fragments of the towering inferno Oh, wow. it's just like it's magic. They're like fossils. No yeah. cannibals. Like <laughs> right, there was a man saying, "Mind the dog." <laughs> yeah, I, I just wanted to ask about Mrs. Hudson. I'm fast. I, I love what you did with her in this new <laughs> series. It made me laugh a lot. Well, you know, it's, it's, it starts in episode one of the first mm-hmm. series that that, yeah. that Sherlock has uh, ensured her husband's execution, execution in Florida. So they just we just extrapolated from yeah. there. He's got this weakness, marijuana. Yeah, well, that's very hit. That's, that's very one too. That's, yeah, her, her, that's her, very hip. horrible. Um, herbal remedies for herbal remedies yes. um, and I think she might have been told it's something else <laughs> I think the herbal soothers that's what they were um, I thought it's interesting with Mrs Hudson uh, it's, there's a whole interesting thing to be said about the female characters in this actually because um, I almost forget now that Mrs Hudson isn't really a character in Sherlock Holmes at no. all she doesn't she doesn't say anything I think maybe in The Dying Detective I think she's allowed to utter a line she doesn't speak so Mrs Hudson is really is really our creation that's or rather yeah. it's you know, stubs you've got you know stubs yes, there so you got yeah. you've, you've just got to give her stuff to do which is brilliant and it's become more and more baroque and uh, <laughs> but it's a lovely thing because you know over the years mrs hudson has been you know in the, in the rathbone films is an actress called uh, mary gordon who's like little mrs pepper pot and that's the sort of traditional version and but there isn't really an interior life it's just the no. odd oh my shells mr holmes or actually yeah. irene ha- irene handle in uh, yeah, she's good, private yeah. life is one we nick one of her lines yes yeah. uh, uh, she a crying need for that and we will yeah. make many more yes uh, <laughs> but uh but it, i mean yuna's just a national treasure and and brings so much to it such style and fun and it's lovely to actually you know you don't have to do much but just to sort of slightly 
spread it out. You know, her relationship with Frank was purely physical. Yeah. And, uh, Martin doesn't doesn't want to hear any more. No, he's already he's already feeling ill. No, I loved it. My favorite. My favorite was I just did the typing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell she was doing the admin. Yeah. But you, you, I, in my head now, there's this sort of uh, sort of Michael Mann version of her, like yeah. in some sweaty Florida key in the mid seventies. <laughs> and it comes down to really what Sherlock Holmes says in that scene: is we all like each other. We're all a team. We're all the same kind of people, right? We've all chosen each other. I mean, Mrs. Hudson. No, wasn't like that. If she wasn't like that, she wouldn't put up with uh, sure. Sherlock Holmes upstairs. Of course she's like that. They all have to be like that. They're all maniacs. <laughs> I did start wondering how many YouTube hits her exotic dancing uh, <laughs> 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 uh, was inspired as well. well. I'm sure you can find some from Yenna's dance. Yeah. But I guess a, a tricky kind of balancing act you guys have with the series is how much to humanise Sherlock. And this series brought him out of his shell more than we had seen before. But the interesting thing about Sherlock Holmes is he's entirely human. He's not a little bit human, he's completely human. He's taken a decision, which is a frightening one, to suppress his humanity, Mm. to to be a better detective. Now, that's what he says in the stories. He says it's it's emotions. He doesn't say he doesn't have emotions. He says they get in the way. Sure. Uh, So he... he frequently says things if if I had a daughter, if I were to be married, there's nothing that suggests he can't do it. And we've really elaborated on that with you know, Mycroft saying caring is not an advantage. Yeah. It's like it's like a it's a mantra that they've developed between them really, in a way. But it's what's really exciting is that behind it there's this massive floodgate of, of mm. potential emotion. As Steve says, when you get frequently in the original stories he's really furious at some miscreant who's who's treated someone badly and, and particularly then, if, a, if someone treats a woman badly yeah, yeah. He, he he goes quite yeah. ballistic uh, there's a what is it case of identity yeah but he grabs a writing crop to beat someone up because he's just yeah. so outraged at their behavior on the baker street jubilee line you see this picture of that's with right, a writing yes, crop. Yeah. Mm. and then also you know if, and then famously you know, at the end of the blue Carve uncle he lets the, the criminal girl. He does yeah. that a couple of times. He just goes, "Get out!" Mm. Not, and he's so not, joyous when Sir yeah. Henry Baskerville isn't dead yeah. uh, in the hand. And uh, actually, Watson says it's a flash of lightning on a darkling plain when you see just how much passion is behind those. But w- having said that, we made a, deli- a conscious decision this year that you know, in many ways, episode one, um, as Doyle knew, is all about him coming back. Mm. But the plot is completely in the service of the reunion and its repercussions for us. That's all it was about. Um, but it's it's consciously lighter. <clears throat> Episode two is also a lot of fun, although it's very emotional. But we we definitely and genuinely thought we're going to convince people that he's almost going soft mm. because we know what's coming, mm-hmm. and that was a, that was a completely conscious thing. And I think um, I think as we've always said. What Doctor Watson does is 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 round his edges off. Mm. He he definitely is a different man by the end of the original stories to when we first met him. Yeah. But he's never going to be the same as us. But you you have to go somewhere in the third series. You you want to have proper progress. And then then I think what is properly thrilling and, and rug pulling is that you realise that he may have made some progress. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's also that, that it's, got it's, me completely. It's <laughs> our it's our sentimental assumption that Sherlock Holmes having an emotional life makes him nicer. It doesn't. It makes him just as he's just as frightening. He, he works out that the only way to stop Magson is to shoot him in the face. Mm. So he does. Most people can't do that. Most people wouldn't just think, oh, bang. Um, he's uh, in a good cause. He'll break someone's heart. He'll just do that as he does with Ginny. Uh, mm. So the fact that he's got an emotional life doesn't make doesn't redeem him from being uh, the madman he's always been, or the or the. Well, he's not mad, but he's he's frightening. He's a frightening man. In your minds, does he? Enjoy, did he enjoy his short-lived relationship with Janine? 
Was he that? genuinely likes her. We know that from the uh, the, the the preceding episode. The, the, he's genuinely fond of her. The fact, yeah, mm. no, no, he's, he, that would make it, it. That would, in his mind, well, at least I'll be able to tolerate her company. Mm. Uh, the and fact that he then show. crushes her the way he does is no different to how he behaves to John. He adores John, but mm. he was perfectly and uh, and all the others. He's perfectly happy to pretend to be dead for two years and then, <laughs> yeah. then think it's really funny <laughs> yeah. if I just jump out of a cake and say hello again. <laughs> Uh, so he's, you know, that's that's what he is. He's yeah. he's frightening. I think I think he's genuinely fond of Janine, yeah. And you know, he's probably if he needed someone on his arm uh, to to go to any function, he'd probably phone her up and say, "Oh, come on, we don't, did, don't be I a mean, bore." There, there were certain there were some lines cut where, where they they had a bit more of a rapprochement, but actually, I think it's rather nice the way that she leaves him <clears> feeling <throat> a bit shitty about it all. I so I, yes, I we did have good. this sort of thing uh, where uh, she she forgives him more. Uh, she, uh, she says something like, "I never would have married you anyway," and 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 then she's going. She says, "But you know, if we if we both end up alone, I've got a cottage that you paid for." So and uh, but it was it just felt wrong. It robbed over her of her dignity. She really? punishes yeah. him, yeah. and she, and she says that chilling thing to him, which is far far more important. I don't Charlotte's remotely bothered about his exposure in the press or the one show interview, but when she says we could have been friends, mm. I think that. That gets to him. You can mm. see him sort of flicker on that and think, ah, that, so that's not good then. You don't really do that. Do but we you? did. We were very. We had endless debates about the fact because obviously we were implying that that there is more than there is more than companionship going on. Mm. But she actually, she actually says just once would have been nice. But yeah. You can't. I don't think you can go that far. Is it, yes, the, uh, Charlotte, the, the yeah. is Sherlock Holmes a virgin or not? You mm. can't ever establish it. Mm. Oddly enough, they did the same in Private Life. They had mm. a scene which established that he. He had done the deed, didn't they? But they yeah, cut it. Cut it yeah. Yeah. Same thing. It's, yeah. it's a. We just don't know. Yeah. I personally can't imagine that he is, but yeah. you can't ever confirm it. Would he wear the hat? That's the, that's the <laughs> <big question. laughs> um, let's go to Magnuson. Yeah. It's a huge, a huge thing. It's the first time really where he doesn't, he can't figure out a way out of this. He shoots mm. a guy in the head. It's mm. cold-blooded murder. Mm. Was that a hard thing for you guys to? Put down on paper with that. I imagine there was a lot of debate about that. It was again one of the first ideas. Yeah, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. I mean, it's you know, we we it's a heightened world. Mm. We, I remember getting uh, a lot of well, not you know, from one particular person, a lot of um, a lot of grief on the first series about the fact that the guns were used so freely. It's like you know, this is not the world we live in because no, it's not. It's Sherlock Holmes. There's a seven foot two assassin called the Golem <laughs> in, in episode three of the first series. This is not the world we live in. Mm. Uh, it's quite a, quite a quite an obvious uh, assassin to have hanging around. So there's that. To, so so the, but but it's not a world without consequence. Clearly, but you you have to believe that Sherlock can to do that as an ultimate sanction, and mm. that even though there is a huge engine then put in place to get him out of the way because of what because he's killed a public mm. figure, mm. that it's not the same. It's, you don't want to get bogged down in some dreary procedural about it all mm -hmm. it has it's got a sort of operatic quality to it which is what makes that ending i think very powerful yeah. it's it's also it was partly because uh, if you read charles augustus milverton uh, he's <coughs> a much cleverer writer than you generally give him credit for i think he uh, dr what's in the opening paragraph tells you that he's, he's going to about to tell you a porky he's about to tell you like he says i even now must be very reticent and different i do, i think 
uh, what really happened, uh, and, and what Doyle is hinting at, what really happened is Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson sat in Baker Street and said, we're going to have to go and kill him, aren't we? That's the only way we can do this. So, so they break in, kill him, and then Dr. Watson writes it up as if... Uh, when, when suspicion starts accumulating, he writes up a version of the story that uh, is, it is the a, murder. It's a, it's a curious... It's a wonderful story, but it has a curious ending, as, as, as many of them do, probably just because Doyle was writing it quickly and, and yeah. left the room. But there is a character set up at the beginning who has been wronged. Yeah. And she she should be the one who comes yeah. and get and it isn't it's a t- it's a random someone else who just they're they're hiding in their in their um, burglar masks behind the curtain and this random woman comes and shoots Milverton in the face and then grinds her yeah. heel into his face yeah. and it's odd isn't it but I mean so really it's just a, an extrapolation saying well he probably did I think. <laughs> Well, we, so we sort of have that moment twice. We have the woman break in, but it turns out to be someone you know. Mm. Uh, and uh, and then we have the actual moment of the shooting, which I think is what yeah, really sure. happens. Yeah. Is, of course, Sherlock Holmes offs him. And if Sherlock Holmes decided uh, that somebody should die, he would kill them. I don't mm. think I have any problem with that. He'd be quite rational and quite mm. cold about it. And actually, going back to the whole reptile house, shark tank thing, I think he regards Milton as a sort of plague something yeah. that should be eradicated yeah. Yeah. yeah you in the first and second episodes i felt from the first one you kind of take the mick out of the mind palace there's a certain joke obviously with a bomb that you know i don't have everything in here yeah. mm. and in the second one he can't remember the number for the room and then you know up comes mm. mary and it's 207 yeah. or whatever i have got to congratulate you on doing those two things and then in the third one going oh yeah mind palaces this mm. one's the mother load. Like, <laughs> yeah. Here's the biggest one you'll ever see. This is bigger than Dan Brown's could possibly be. Yeah. It was more about implanting it. Yes, yeah. It was um, more, I mean, because we, we knew where we were going. We knew that Magnus, <laughs> all of Magnus's information would be in a huge mind palace. So, but how do we tell people what a mind palace is? Okay. So in the, in the, in the first episode, you get the reference to it, and it's the fun one. It's that, because uh, one of the most quoted lines, and uh, one of my favourites is in Hounds, where I says about going, I'm going to my mind palace, and she's but why is it a palace? It would, and it be. would be. I adore that exchange. Um, then we, so we, we we remind you of it in uh, the first one. In the second one, we get a proper scene in it, and you say yes, you actually you can actually walk into a room and talk to people. You think oh, so, so now you've got that secure, uh. and now then in the third one, you have the whole sequence where he's shot. Which is just to remind you, look, that you can have mind palaces and they have lots of rooms, and it's uh, it's really really important. And uh, yeah, and red, the red beard, beard and, and all the information. And then you say, yeah. uh, so so, an idea that uh, a few weeks ago you had never heard of becomes, why didn't I see that coming? Mm. Uh, but also, you know, back to Doyle, it's it's uh, even though the, when I first came across it in in Hannibal in in the, in the Thomas Harris book, yeah. And the idea of it is so thrilling, but in a way, it's it's an extrapolation from Doyle from uh, from uh, Sherlock's quote about the that your a man's mind is like a lumber room, and you must it doesn't have elastic walls. There comes a point where for everything you put in, you have to delete something, mm. and that became in the first series comparing it to a hard drive and really that's that's what it is so so um he does have to remove certain things but yes obviously for our sake it has to be quite a big place yeah Yeah, magnuson's got a lot of porn preferences (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i remember that discussion there was a your very early idea was that we see magnuson going down into this strange vault and then the big rug moment is that of course that's we've just been fooled it's not a real place at all touching on that vault when we see at the end of the first episode, and this is possibly showing my ignorance, we see Magnuson watching mm. Sven Goran Eriksson, like, just see the glasses. 
the bonfire. Yeah. Did he set up the bonfire? Was he behind all yes. that? Yeah. Yeah. So he's not a criminal, but he's okay with. Yeah, but he does say, and he does say in his he last vow, yeah. he says, he, he, yeah, but he does, he does very bad things. But he said, I had people standing by. I'm not a murderer. Uh, there was never any danger yeah. to you. And well, he, he says, doing, I'm not a murderer. He was testing. Which uh, yeah. way he gives his five more yeah. minutes? Yeah, yeah, and he gives Sherlock. It's that that's Sherlock's pressure point. Yeah, is, is John Watson. Yeah. so he's he's it's just an experiment, isn't yeah. it? What'll happen? Um, it's oh, a lab rat experiment. Yeah. He's, he's petri dish. Lab rat of yeah. Sumatra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lab rat of Sumatra. <laughs> Have we seen Mycroft's mind palace yet? <laughs> this is it's all my cross This is the whole show. <laughs> the whole he's, thing. he's in a coma. <laughs> Dangerously close to the truth. There's a snow um, globe. It just comes out. No, no, we haven't. Oh, I, I think I, I'd be, be reluctant. Does he even have one? Does Mycroft you know, need one? The thing I mean, is, the great joke I think, about Mycroft from the beginning is that he's smarter than Sherlock. Showing that is very tough because the deductions are, in any case, very tough. Mm. The best way to do it is very lightly. Again, first series when he says, um, he says, um, was that why you spend the night on the on the lilo? And he's going to sofa Sherlock. There's no, there's absolutely no way. But but it, you just do it like that because actually it's even harder. So I think to to go bigger is somehow a bit reductive. Oddly enough, yeah. I think you'd probably. Until we do it, but also I think my because I put in the line in yeah, this ridiculous memory palace of yours. Mm. It almost implies that Minecraft just says, "Why don't you just remember it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why don't yeah. you just keep it?" Yeah, it. Yeah. Well, again, that's the same function, isn't yeah. it? It's like saying, "I don't need one." Yeah. Yeah. We we asked uh, some of our readers on Twitter to send in questions. Uh, I think one of the most popular ones was uh, the third <laughs> Holmes brother, which you guys alluded to. Oh, we alluded mm. to the other one. The other one now. <laughs> You're not going to be able to really answer this. We're actually referring to the very obscure Richard Breyer's Michael Gambon sitcom of that name. <laughs> from the late 70s. I remember the other yeah. one. It was very good. Strange show. It was very well, strange. It was yeah. funny, though. Yeah. First time I ever saw Michael Gambon. Yeah. yeah. There we are. Uh, um, well, there you go. I mean, who can say whether that's uh, an idea or just a, a, yet another of our th- uh, <laughs> throwaway bits of mischief? Maybe the thread of a rug. Yes, yeah, more rugs. <laughs> rugs in the carpet warehouse. Yeah, yeah. I've heard another mad theory that is Moriarty, but anyway, we won't get into all that. Everything I guess Moriarty. there's more yeah. the, there's more fan theories for the show than than any show out there. Isn't but it's there? fun, isn't it? It's fun. I know, it's Stephen. Yeah, you you, you talked uh, the BAFTA screening recently about how you don't like going online and uh, looking at what people are saying. But um, you... well, because uh, one, I, th- I think we have to be pure and write the show uh, uh, kind of for ourselves, which is really what we do. But also, some of that stuff does get um, if if you if you're involved in two shows that are hugely beloved, it seems to be your fate to be hated. Uh, you know, to have people make up the most awful rubbish about you. Also, you know, it's 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 what your grandma used to say: if you, you, you don't listen at the door, if you don't want to hear anything bad about yourself, mm. and, and if you re- if you can resist that temptation, then you're absolutely fine. Just don't do it because you, you, here you know, of themselves. You will not hear. You know, you'll just for, and 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 it's a bit like reading reviews. Actually, uh, the somehow you, your your stupid self destructive instinct is to go yes, yes, superlative, five stars. Like, oh fuck, he hates me. <laughs> and you, you focus on the one that's just horrible. Well, and we, you know, if you listen to us talking, yeah. it's ludicrous. Uh, I remember getting into some rage because we, we had got four stars and something. I said, where's, where's the missing star? What's wrong with that? What's that empty star mean? <laughs> what do they say? So you, you you have to stay away from it. But you also, I mean, to be very clear about it, you, I think we both, it's absolutely amazing 
the amount of activity that is generated, the levels of devotion. But mm. the other 100% of the audience, mm. i.e. the people who've waited two years and go, oh, I like that show, mm. that's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Now, obviously, in this series, particularly in episode one, we've had some fun with, you know, like having the, the Moriarty and, and, and Sherlock kiss. Which, to, to be honest, mm. the reason that's there... And I, I have honestly not been scouring. Is I thought that was the one, one, the one combination that nobody did. <laughs> That's why I thought that would be funny. But uh, yeah, we've had some fun with that. But it's not the idea that somehow it's all in service. I read a review the other day that said this season was meant to be the one that was for the fans, and now they've really darkened it. And I thought, who said that? Where, where was that public statement? So, so it's not, you know, it's as Steve says, you, you know, we've got to be. We're doing it for ourselves always. Mm. We we have to be aware of it, and particularly with the empty hearse. When we worked out how he how he did it, we had no idea it was going to become such a vast talking point, and that absolutely meant that when when we came to the solution, we had to acknowledge the fact that it would become a huge talking point. Yeah. Hence the fake theories, because we're playing again, not playing with with the expectations of a tiny minority. We are playing with the expectations of ten million people who were all desperate to know. So mm. it was a it would be very different if it was focused on some minority of, of hardcore fans, but everybody wanted to know. So yeah. that's what it was for. Yeah. Um, so, well just to bring back a sense of backslappery which I feel like uh, <clears throat> I have a rare opportunity to give you. I absolutely loved the scene where <coughs> Mycroft and Sherlock uh, have a deduction off uh-huh. over the bobble hats. Yeah. Of each other's writing are there moments where you go, that's a very good scene, I wish I'd written that? Is there is there a little bit of that? And how does it work in terms of you giving each other passes of each other's work, where you read a scene and go, how about we do this? Is it Does it work like that? Or Well, we've always... It's it's very collaborative, mm-hmm. always yeah. has been, because yeah. it, it's our show. It's, yeah. you know... Um, it becomes very hard to remember. Yeah, it, uh, it, it all gets interwoven. Um so, uh, well, I remember reading the uh, the creepy scenes in Hounds uh, with the the, uh, the 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 burglar light coming oh, yeah. on, yeah, yeah. and uh, and uh, it was a very it was be- beautifully set up by Mark. And uh, it's not so much I think, to be honest. I wish I'd written that. I just think, yes, we've got that. That's that's mm. never been done. We've never had a scene about burglar light, as far as I know. Mm. Sort of stuff. So that's the sort of thing. I, I remember. Um, I remember get coming up with the idea of the proper explanation of how Sherlock had done it at that stage of the script. Of yes, that was a great thinking, idea. That f- I, I had a feeling in the back of my neck, I thought, that's where it belongs. And actually the idea of going out of a whiteout of an explo- apparent explosion to yeah. the explosion, I thought, hmm, that makes me, that feels chewy. I think know? that was, yeah, that, I, I, that was a stellar bit of, uh, that's a stellar story dis- uh, decision, is that just when you think you're not going to get the explanation, just when you've forgotten that that's a problem. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember, I mean, things like um, the uh, rapprochement with Mary and John mm. is so beautifully written. Mean, we're all slapping each other's backs now, but yes. it is. Yeah. But also, I, the one I remember the most vivid response, and this is this is a crucial thing, this actually. When I first, when Steve finished uh, Scandal in Belgravia, in the first version, Irene Adler died. It was always left, mm. like that's what had happened. And then you deliberately held back the truth yeah. to avoid it being a spoiler when you sent the script, you, you sent the script again. And that that's the way to play it. Because, yeah. in fact, the, the absolute truth is you 
you can get very used to things which which a few weeks ago made you gasp and then yeah. you start to think oh i wonder if people you know whatever but that you you sort of need to play that game we play that game between ourselves yeah. you hold things back and say oh no they're like that you like yeah. that yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's uh, it becomes a sort of game like that doesn't it yeah you, i think you, well the first person you're road testing the surprises on um, it's, and, and, and you know, it's, it's Mark and Sue are the first people who are going to read this. So there's two things I held back on about. Uh, in that case, it was uh, in Belgravia. Was uh, I am Sherlocked, uh, and yeah. and the very last minute, well, of course he saves her, he's Sherlock Holmes, moment, yeah. which is satisfying because well, he would, wouldn't he? Um, uh, so so you, but you, for the most part, for the most part, we have discussed so closely uh, the scenes and how it's going to work and what. What the emotional effect will be, and what and what it will accomplish, that it becomes hard to remember or to disentangle. Well, you're saying about that that line of Mary's, I like him. That you yeah. know, it, that took several goes yeah. of a scene that it had some like, nice things, and but it was it was it was unnecessary. He made it to the read through. Yeah, I'd forgotten yes, that, but it, yeah. made, it was at the read through that yeah. that scene, and we we just sat looking at it. I think this is this is yeah. flat as a pancake. Mm, it's just not there. Strange. Despite good jokes, good yeah, jokes, yeah. Um, didn't work. One tiny moment that really impressed me was the fur cough. Uh, yes. <laughs> was that you? I'm afraid. So. Uh, yeah. Bravo. <laughs> I, 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 I saw someone getting slightly knocked at that, saying it's a very silly joke, and I think it's Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Come on, I mean, not, but it was. Uh, I love that. I love the like scene. Gun, and, yeah, and, the, uh, and, and the finger and all that. I yeah, that is brilliant. I, I love, love the double that. thumbs up from Mary when she's. Doing <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, there's a, well, that's a beautiful scene, I think. When yeah. um, that's of when, a... when um, when um, when they're, they're both independently thinking that they're running yeah. each other, and she's actually running them. I yeah. think that's lovely. Yeah. And her shirt, her blouse had thumbs up and thumbs down on them. And I just want—I don't know whether that's intentional or not. But <laughs> well, yeah, not intentional got, on she, our part. She's got Facebook likes up and down really? on the top. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and she goes, "I didn't know that." And I just want, "What? This is another level." What's there's so on? many things like that that you yeah. you know production design sinks yeah. in, and also you'll. You know, people will write dissertations about them, and you go, "I didn't know I did." It might have been somebody else's delivery. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. at the moment, at the moment, Jenna Coleman's playing scenes with Peter Capaldi, and she's wearing this top that's covered in bow ties, which is <laughs> <laughs> just a couple of final things to make this properly exhaustive. Redbeard, you tweeted Redbeard. People went mental. <laughs> yeah. Is there more to that coming, or is that you've that... seen it really? Well, yeah. so, actually, to be honest, um, I, I put that into the first draft of. Uh, episode two, mm. um, and actually explained it, that, that the reason that Sherlock was behaving like a child is because he'd one, once upon a time fallen for that story, you know, the, mm. the, like your bunny rabbit has gone to live on a farm somewhere, yeah. and and then we thought, no, well, let's hold it back because you can tease it a bit, yeah. and we were g- genuinely thought we can keep this running for years, but then actually, it it's nice to resolve. Yeah, it, because there's so much that's unresolved. It's quite nice to just yeah. So that's that's the the truth is that, that when he was little, and obviously Mycroft tormented him about it, yes. is, that, is that his dog died, and and he totally fell for the idea that that Redbeard had gone to live yeah. in a happy valley somewhere. Oh, <laughs> that's <pretty moving. laughs> and young Sherlock, obviously played by your son, very well. Yeah, that's how we we kept that secret successful, didn't we? Um, yes, <laughs> yes. Well, that was a, that was a strange one, I have to say, because. Um, my little boy uh, is actually very good, uh, yeah. and he was he was in school shows and something, and he and he kept saying to me, "Can I ever be in these things?" I'm saying, "No, you can't. You absolutely can't." So we did get to a situation where where we said, "Okay, you can audition for this one, but 
uh, your mother and I will not be involved in the decision. Yeah, you step back completely. And, and, we, sa- and yeah. we said to everybody, because, you know, we have mixed feelings about mm. you know, sending a, a child into the acting profession. Uh, and we said, um, uh, and we told everyone else, you choose the one you like best and not be a vote, and we are not voting. Mm. So he got the part legitimately. Mm. He did actually get it. It's very good, isn't it? And I, uh, and I remember telling him, and he, and he said, and he said oh, you are the worst dad. And I said, I said that I'm, uh, no, I'm not. I, I think the chances are you've got like a one in five chance. The chances are you won't get it. And I'm not going to help you. Um, so that's but things remar- to say. To remarkably, say to once you know, put the blue contact lenses in, yeah. and uh, his naturally curly hair died and styles like differently. He's actually not a bad. Not bad. Well, there's a moment when it, when it cuts from uh, from Louis looking round to Benedict looking round. It's really completely believable mm. that that's the same person. And he gets yeah. a mini coat, a mini. Uh... Yeah, yeah we, 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 we didn't go as far as that. We just let him himself. We'll shortly have that problem, like, like with little Amelia Pond, of, yes, of uh, in in, a, in think, oh, it might be nice to do a little bit more, and then you realise that actually suddenly he's six foot three, yes. and everything has changed. No. <laughs> I, in my head, watching him, I just went, I suddenly want to know exactly what it was like to be a school child, Sherlock Holmes. More than that, what it'd been like to be one of his school friends. In a classroom where he is being him. I think it would just be... It, that's the CBeebies version, isn't it? And what yeah. it will be is Louis as young Sherlock Holmes, but just Mark as Mycroft, exactly the same. <laughs> Telling you no different. In a school uniform. <laughs> yeah. no. I mean, we've had... We've, I mean, we've, we've done... We've been bold, as you know, bold this year, and we've brought the parents in, things like that, that have never really been done. Mm. Because, because it's... You know, I suppose we feel confident it's our version, and and, we, and people are like that. I think but it's, I was thinking about this. It's a function of the updating. You look at the Victorian Sherlock Holmes. You have no expectation of him having a relationship with his parents. You mm. wouldn't even think about it. Mm. But in the modern world, a man in his thirties, living in London, living in our much smaller world, where we can get everywhere. He's going to know his parents. Mm. He just is. They're going to visit. Mm. Um, and and, and it's, it's nice still to just. Uh, drop the odd hint as opposed to as yeah. soon as you do it all yeah. people say you know can we see can we see Sherlock and Mycroft as little boys and actually we've done a little bit of it but it's better to hint because now we've in a way come up with a new mystery which is how did these two lovely ordinary people <laughs> come up with these. these creatures but I think there's also I think I think we've been bold about is saying that in many respects they are ordinary I mean the fact they're sitting playing operation yeah. You know, they, there's, a, there's a big streak of ordinary in those men too. They're exceptional people, but in a way, again, I think we're just being faithful to Doyle. He's a person. They're just people, yeah. uh, exceptional people. That most of the adaptations of Sherlock Holmes have made him more inhuman than he is in the, yeah. in, in the originals. And actually, it's interesting that, that in the documentary the other day, Douglas Wilmer is reading that yes. fan criticism saying you made him laugh what are you doing mm. is that usually those sort of reactions are from people who don't know the stories at all well because the, if they did they'd know how much more is going on on the surface of this this is interesting issue. isn't it because we, uh, we actually said early on these people kept asking about the drug taking and we say he laughs more often in the books than he takes drugs he actually laughs quite a lot in the stories he's got a sense of humor he's mm. he's not at all solemn mm. The moment of the twisted lip was an opening that I thought you were going to use earlier because I love it as an opening. Oh, I thought, I thought it's, it's, it's such story. such yeah. a wonderful twist. But then you add in Watson being this kind of you call that a knife type conversation, yeah. and I I thought well, with twisted lip was that something that was in the bag that you were looking to do earlier? Or I, was, I mean, we've had lots of conversations about the sort of the stories we'd like to do, but it's more about when it when something comes up, isn't it? That, that it I remember was uh, it, it was. Uh, it, I remember deciding to do it uh, and not telling you. I said, "I've got. I, I'm going to borrow an opening from the story, but and if you think about it, I'll bet you'll get it." <laughs> I'm going to do it because I, I remember the same moment in Hounds 
where we're uh, just the beginning of that, I think, utterly brilliant client scene, I have to say. But the uh, when you came up with the idea, let's just borrow Black, Black Peter, Peter yes, and have him yeah. come through the door. And it, was, and it so lifts the beginning of that. I was scene. on a train, as we always are, yeah. and I need, there was, it just needed a lift. And I, and I hadn't, I just read Black Peter on the train. And, I, and it's a story that's never done. It's quite straightforward, but it has this amazing arresting image of him coming back with a harpoon covered in yeah. pigs but it's like well hello <laughs> we've got to let you guys go to stitch some new rugs okay. and pull them. Uh, just as a final thing seasons four and five or series four and five to do the british version uh, have been announced now uh, in a manner, no, of, spe- in a manner I, I, of speaking well, we've said that we've got ideas from us not exactly the same things i know well, i mean if <laughs> so long as benedict and martin want to do this to bbc and given that it's you know uh, it's the third series is outrated the first two yeah which is an extraordinary sentence because that doesn't happen in television. It always goes the other mm. way. Uh, of course, uh, the B- BBC will keep wanting to do more Sherlock's. I think, was it Ben Stevenson said the other day, he's commissioned for the next 50 years or something? <laughs> of course it will be. It's, it's just, a, but we've got to, uh, you know, we've got schedules to arrange and all that. But, and I mean, frankly, starvation works. So. Yes, everyone's <laughs> very keen. And we yeah. don't, but but it, and it's a fascinating prospect is where we might take it next. But, yeah. but it is genuinely very difficult. And that's, that's, that's a, not for want of trying yeah. to get everyone together for... Um, Give a Billy Wiggins spin-off in the meantime. All these spin-offs, <laughs> people. People, people get asking for spin-offs and you think, well, do you want that or no, do you want the don't. show? <laughs> it's hard enough to make the show. But in terms of ideas, you, you've talked about how you got together on a bus on the set of uh, mm. the last series. Only because you couldn't get a train. You should have hired a special. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and kind of plotted some stuff. It, is any of that in script format yet? What have you? What, what stages? Actually, we're meeting on Friday, aren't we, to talk about the next mm. one? You don't, yeah, yeah. you don't stop, you guys. Mm, no. <laughs> and you're excited about it. I can sense no, that you're uh, yeah, well, no, we had, yeah. uh, we had a, on that occasion, we, we were just sheltering from the rain, really. It, yeah. wasn't, a, it wasn't a scheduled meeting. We were just getting out because it was really whacking down. Uh, and we just sat and we just started idly chatting. We came up with a whole set of yeah. uh, things that I think are really, really exciting. Um, but you have to wait and see. Mm, all right. We, we certainly will. Thank you guys so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So that was it, Empire's spoiler special for Sherlock Season 3. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, If you have, of course, please do subscribe to the Empire podcast if you're a newcomer, or just share it with your friends, because it's great to uh, spread the love. There'll also be a transcribed version online in a feature form, so that if you want to uh, analyse what was said in more detail, that's also available for you. Thanks again, and I... uh, Look forward to hearing from you soon. If you have any comments or queries, please send emails to podcast at empireonline.com. Thanks again. Bye-bye.